everyone, Lauren Lakota back again for our next episode of Real Talk where we're having conversations with real people who have created amazing things in their lives. And today I'm so excited to welcome Tom Cartwright, who's not only created amazing success in his life, but he is creating an amazing community of people who are absolutely transforming their lives. Tom focuses on helping people reduce their addictions and I'll let Tom talk about that. But thank you, Tom, so much for coming on our show today. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me here. I'm very excited to share with you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're <laughs> welcome. So let's introduce you to the audience. Tom, take us back. Take us back to, you know, where you decided to make a shift in your life, what that was and, and where that's led you. Mm. Look, I think like a lot of people, I kind of experienced enough pain in life to want or need to change. Uh, and what I mean by that, I was 23, 24 years old. I was in a lot of debt to the bank. I was excessively drinking most nights. I was binge drinking Thursday through to Sunday, just running these natural stress, what I call stress reduction patterns, just to keep me safe. So I didn't have to grow. I didn't have to explore. And it just became too painful. I didn't, I didn't want it. I didn't want to be trapped in working for someone else i was you know in the hospitality industry and i was loving it but i knew that there was always a glass ceiling there and i don't i like freedom i like choice and i just felt stuck you know financially energetically emotionally and because of you know that experience i started to develop anxiety and being overly critical of myself and it all just got a bit too much to be honest did it yeah and 23 on that i mean that's quite young to realize that you were stuck at what point did you you know, what happened for you to go, yeah, I'm stuck and that pain, you know, you spoke about that pain. When was that? What happened? I, I wrote something a while. I, I realised that um, in, in a way that sometimes you have to lose yourself in order to find yourself. So what actually happened was during this crisis that I call it, and yeah, I was, was a young man, but a lot of people are going through it. Yeah. I decided to move overseas. So I moved overseas for a year and I lived in a place called Whistler in Canada, a beautiful spot. Yes. And I thought that was going to answer my problems. In other words, I thought that was going to make me happy. Yeah. I lived overseas, loved it. And then when I came back to Sydney, Australia, where I was living, within six months, I was in the same career. My anxiety had come back and I was drinking just as much as I was. So what I noticed was like a shift in that's how life can be, choosing, not caring, loving it, traveling, doing what you want. And then I've chosen to come back. So I just noticed, like, really got an awareness of, like, oh, this is a hamster wheel that I'm on. <laughs> that hamster wheel. And to have that contrast as well. So while you were in Whistler, was that, what was that giving you? What, what did you connect with there? Uh, it was, to be honest, at the time, it, it was fun and excitement and joy and wonder and curiosity. But as I look back, it was an escape because it wasn't my truth. It was really just an escape. So it was an idea of if I do this, I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where my life would be if I stayed over there, but I didn't. I came back and, yeah. you know, I got that contrast. So I think what I, I, I probably noticed that I could have done if I really wanted to was make that hard decision again, like make a hard decision to change and to do something else just to bring in a, um, adventure or variety or uncertainty. And, and six, 12 months going by and being back to where I was, it's almost like what, what was the point? Like, yeah. what's the point in going and moving away if you're going to come do this? What's the point of changing your job if you're just going to still do this? What's the point in getting in a different relationship if you're just going to bring yourself back here? Yeah, it's just things, isn't it? It's those 
external thing. Yeah, external things. It's just like, and, and that's what the lesson was. It's like, oh, so I got a learning of like, so wait, if I went away and I came back to here, does that mean if I just get a different career, I'm going to still be here? But that means I exit this relationship and get into another one. Am I still going to be here? That was really the reflections that I was getting and realizing now that I look back at the time I didn't know I was 24. I was ignorant. Yeah. Now that I look back with all that I know about human behavior, I was like, ah, <laughs> it's somebody that I wanted to be, not something that I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, I, I get it now. I yes. Know. That was the difference. It's like, it's not that I didn't, want to be working in this industry or I didn't want to be in this relationship it's that I wanted to be carefree curious happy with myself happy with where I was at rather than striving to get more you know it was a feeling based thing that I wanted up until about 2013 2014 I should say I just was caught in the realm of apparently success is something and if you have your shit together and if you have money and you have a family apparently you're happy yeah (laughs) I'm really grateful that I was starting to learn or become aware that that's just not how it works when I was about 24. So tell me about that. So tell me about, you know, you had that sort of epiphany in 2014 that, you know, success potentially isn't this external thing. So what did you do? Tell us about that transformation you started to make in your life, John. I start, it's important I like to share this because I started to make it. Yeah. I'm not a big believer in overnight success stories. I'm a big believer in doing the work and, you know, you know me personally, Lauren, like it took a while, it took a long time yeah. in, in some people's eyes for me to get to where I wanted to be in life. But I did start that journey through the doorway of vulnerability and, it, and yeah. a day came where I just realised this isn't working for me. Like how long am I going to try to solve alcohol, gambling, anxiety on my own for? Like how long am I going to spend in my head telling myself I'm going to do something and not do anything? Mm. So I went and uh, I sat down in a professional coach's office for the first time in my life uh, and started the journey of oh, just taking a back seat and saying I'm open to hearing what else is out there for me. I've, I've, I've done enough thinking in my head. Yeah. I'm okay to maybe just start exploring more of me and what's, what's out there. Yeah. That was the doorway. Was it? Yeah. And absolutely, you know, Tom, I've known you for about six years now and I've absolutely seen it wasn't an overnight success. It's, you know, the more that I see you embrace that opportunity and share what you're learning and being open, the more, the bigger impact that I'm then seeing you create on the world. It wasn't mm. an overnight success and I think that's beautiful. And I love what you share there about being vulnerable and yeah. open to being vulnerable. So share that with us because that's not a normal thing, right? Especially oh, it's for a male a, in his, you know, 20s when you started. Yeah, it, it's not. I, I would say it's not a normal recipe to success in the traditional sense. Like I think when you hear the recipe for success, or I certainly did, it was like get a job, maybe make X amount of money, stability is key, do the hard work, do what's required, stay in your lane, don't break the bounds, don't get too big for your own boots. And all the, and I was like, oh, that's all success? Okay. What I realized is the number one key for success for me personally and most of my clients, most of my clients is vulnerability. Yeah. Vulnerability is expressing your truth. How can you ever experience internal success if you're never true with yourself? And, and I think there's a misconception with vulnerability because I say to my members, um, truth hurts but truth triggers change. Yeah. And, and a lot of people are afraid of vulnerability because there's a, there's a conception that it's going to hurt. Mm. But I believe now looking back, I would rather experience real pain than consistent suffering. And that's what a lot of us do. We create suffering in our world, which is we hold on to a level of pain 
so that we maybe never have to be really vulnerable, which really opens ourselves up to this perception of experiencing, experiencing real pain. And for me, as an example, that was sitting in a coach's office in 2014, a, a man that was coaching me and a 24-year-old man that I was at the time. Yeah. And, you know, he asked me the question. I always remember this. He asked me the question. He said, Tom, who are you? I said, what? He said, who are you? And he got really close to me. And I remember my, my knuckles went white because I was quite an aggressive young man at that time. And I just felt like, you know, I just felt like hitting this person and running away. I remember, yeah. yeah, I remember breaking down in the chair and I just said, I don't fucking know. Like, I just don't effing know. And that was real vulnerability for me because up until then, I was the person that knew I just wanted to be in hospitality. I was the person that knew I knew how to drink a lot. I was the person that knew if I was stressed, I could drink alcohol. So all these things I thought I knew about myself and I thought were going to make me successful, like making a lot of money and blah, 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 that just collapsed. That whole you know, BS reality just, just collapsed on itself and I just sat in a pit of vulnerability. Um, yeah. But so thankful because that was really what I say to start to the rest of my life. And it's one question, but how powerful was that question? Mm. I mean, it's changed the pathway of your life, Tom. Mm. Yeah, I'll always remember it. I'll, I'll always remember it. It was a life-changing moment. For once in my life, someone didn't say, do this, do yeah. this, or get this career. Why don't you just stop dating that person? Hey, why don't you not drink anymore? Like all these things that doctors, doctors had said to me before, like, oh, don't drink and don't do this. Yeah. And it took one person just to ask me, who are you? And provide me with a space to explore that that made all the difference. Yeah, I love that. What happened? So tell us about that. So you're sitting in this, you know, space of vulnerability and you're asked this question for the first time ever in your life. What did you do with that? How did you then move forward with that question? Mm. Uh, painfully. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really painfully, right? It's really painfully. It was painful to sit there. But after 15 minutes of sitting in that and not yeah. receiving judgment from this professional and then, you know, sitting there, we then started to have a real conversation about what I liked. And I remember responding and he just said, you know, what do you like? And I just said, to be honest, I, I like making people smile. And he goes, yeah, I feel like you do like doing that. Yeah. And, and, and he said, it seems like though you do it to the detriment of your own health. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I usually do things to make people laugh in a drunk way or I suppress what I'm all about to make, you know, family or friends happy. You know, something that a lot of us do. And he said, what if there was a way that you could do that, you know, that would light your soul on fire? And within a couple more sessions, I had this idea of maybe I can get into the realm of helping people. And then after that, it was like, what if you started your own business one day? And I was like a kid in Disneyland. I'm like, oh, you know, chasing a ball around like, I don't know, I can do all these <laughs> things. This is amazing. What am I going to do? <laughs> Oh, I love that. You're talking about that gave me goosebumps. You know, <laughs> having that ability to realize that you love helping people, but you mm. were doing it at, at, you know, by disadvantaging yourself, Tom. So tell us about, tell us about how you then, how are you helping people? How did you then, you know, playing around in Disneyland? And <laughs> what did you do? What did you do with that? And how are you helping people right now? Well, so I noticed that if I was to actually help others out, which, please, to anyone listening, brought a whole lot of fear. Am I worthy? Uh, how are you meant to do that? You're a drunk. How are you meant to do that? You're broke because you gamble. Um, how are you meant to do that because you're 23 years old? That should be reserved for a professor who's 60. All of these, yeah. all of these BS fears that I started creating in my mind, but they were healthier fears to face 
than the fear of anxiety and being hung over and all the fears that I lived every day anyway. Yeah. So I was like, I may as well experience some new fears. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I may as well experience some new fears. And along the journey, I, I learned that in order to commit to your highest calling and to what you're really here to express and, and, and to do, you need to get out of your own way. And uh, I took a long, hard look at myself and I remember sitting down with my professional support network at the time and I said, my two biggest fears are public speaking and potentially living life without alcohol. And uh, they said, well, let's go to work on overcoming that and you'll live your dream. I went on a very tough journey for a year and a half um, and then I public spoke to over 200 people for the first time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, which scared the hell out of me. And at this, you know, sometimes they say the universe or the stars align. I was actually three months into a five month sobriety stint when I public spoke. For the first time in my life, I'd never gone more than two weeks without alcohol. So I, I, I conquered my two biggest fears in 2015 and got out of my own way. And I haven't really looked back since then. Ah, oh, the two, I mean, you did it all, you know, you did it all at once, didn't you? You had that vision and you were like, all right, these are my two fears. I'm going to face them. Mm. And I can appreciate, I know your story, Tom, so I know that you, you felt you leaned into the vulnerability. You did what you needed to do to create the life you created for yourself and, and your community now. Tell mm. us about that feeling either. Actually, let's look at both. Can you, can you tell us about that feeling when you walked out on that, that stage of those 200 people? What was the self-talk and what was that feeling that you still had to push through? Take us back. <laughs> well, interesting, funny story. <laughs> this is gold. Funny story. Uh, I set up the, the talk um, to do these 200 people. There was kids and there was parents and it was for a basketball club. And I remember that my, my coach at the time said, if you want to overcome the fear of stuffing up, the fear of public speaking, he goes, the, the, my, my coach said, you've got to think about that you are not there for you. You're there to help inspire one person in the audience. And I said, well, that's easier said than done. And he said that you're just going to help one person, not 199, one, and that's mm -hmm. it. And you can be judged or 199 people don't have to like it, but one person. And I said, you know what, if one person likes what I have to say, that'll, that'll melt my heart, that'll make my day. So I was going to uh, this talk and it was about half an hour away and I was driving and I'm thinking, one person, one person, it'll be, who's the easiest? It'll be one of the young kids. I'll inspire one of the young kids. This will yeah. be great. Yeah. And I'm driving and I'm nervous and I'm, I'm feeling like just turn around, turn around. And I was thinking like you can cancel because everything in my life in the past, I just canceled. If I said I was going to do something, I was like, and it was uncomfortable, I would walk away from it. Like literally, if I said I was going to a function or a networking event and it didn't feel good, yeah. I would just go to the pub or have a glass of wine or a beer or something. It's, it, cop out was easy for me. It's what I'd always done. Yeah. So I'm driving along and I'm about 10 minutes away and I start turning at this, uh, I don't know if you've heard this story, I start turning at these traffic lights and bang, $160,000 black BMW just smashes into oh. this part of me. Yeah. No. And I'm just like shaking and I'm like, what is going on? This is my day. Everything was meant to change. Yeah. And then I pulled over and I just started laughing. And I started yeah. laughing in my car. And the reason why I started laughing was because about two weeks before this event, I was speaking to, as I was listening to a man called Andy Anderson, who's a professional coach and mentor in the health and fitness world. 
And he said, just when you're about to achieve your biggest dreams, often the universe will check in and give you a nudge to see if you're worthy. How much that often it? comes up, right? He said that often comes up as a little bit of self-doubt. And I was sitting in my car and I started laughing because I thought self-doubt wasn't going to be a big enough nudge. The nah. universe has put me in a car accident and now I'll see if I back out and go home. What a perfect excuse. Yeah. Sorry, I can't make it. I've just been in a car accident. Yes. So, of course, I, I started laughing. I gave the person the, uh, my car registration details and I just started laughing. And I said, not today, buddy. I just looked at the universe at the sky and I said, not today. And I drove and I did my talk. And at the end of the talk, I kid you not, I'll always remember him. Blonde-headed 16-year-old boy came up to me, a rebellious young teenager, said, I've never listened to anybody speak and care about what they said other than your talk. He said, thank you so much. I remember yeah. going and getting in my white um, SUV and I, and I just broke down in tears. Yeah. And uh, yeah, as a 24, 25-year-old bloke at the time, I'd never broken down in tears in regards to self-compassion and love. Yeah. I'd only ever broken down in tears in regards to being sad about something else. Yeah. That was a, it was a beautiful, humbling, um, humbling experience to, to appreciate and become aware of what they mean when they say you've got to get out of your own way. Yeah. And that's the first time I'd stopped looking to gain success so I would be okay and just yeah. looked at the internal journey of just get out of your own way and all the success will become apparent to you in the world. Yeah. And that, you know, coming everything that you overcame on that day, I mean, that's incredible. And your focus that day was to make an impact on just one person. So mm. I can see how that, you know, that gave, that gave you that feeling, that overwhelming sense of compassion for someone else. And you did that. You imagine if you had it turned around. <laughs> no, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think I'd be here. But, I mean, that's amazing. Mm, and I can imagine that, you know, he had the courage to come and tell you you impacted his life. I mean, I'll bet there was so many more in that room because you showed up for them. Mm, that's it. That. And I share with my clients, they say, oh, you must have been really confident. I said, no, I still had the wobbly knee. I still had the little bit of sweat dribbling down my forehead. You know, your life is determined by the decisions you make in the moment. So many people get caught up thinking, once I have a successful business for 10 years and make this much money, I'll be okay. No, that's not how it works. Yeah. You know, your life is directed by the decisions you make each day and that decision to keep driving the car was a moment I'll never forget. That just created a snowball effect and sitting in that car, I was currently three months into my um, five or six months sobriety stint at the time. Yeah. Any other fears just dropped. I thought, I'm not even worried yeah. about this. I'm done. I, this five months is going to be a breeze and just everything, yeah. everything became possible for me. Like literally everything. I was like, I, I remember sitting there thinking, if I can do this, if I've done this now, what? I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't comprehend what I couldn't do for the first time in my life. It was like, I could not think about something that I couldn't do. It was just like, what? I I don't get it. It was a weird realm I was sitting in, like anything is possible. And that snowballed and I got into my professional coaching career and I started to build business and everything just started to skyrocket from there. From there, yeah. Let's go into that in just a moment in terms of what that has then snowballed into for you because I really want our audience to, to hear about that. Let's take one step back as well because I know you then also came over, overcame the alcohol. Mm. So take us through that, particularly young 20s, you know, your identity being in alcohol. Take us through that, how you moved forward with that, Tom. How did I move forward? Uh... Yeah. Very similar to, to what I was sharing, it's the pain got enough to know that I needed 
to change. I needed to grow up. And I just knew that if I was in my own way, nothing was, you know, nothing was going to become apparent. Nothing was going to happen for you. I think a lot of people get stuck fighting this um, battle in their head of, I want more, but I'll put up with how I'm in my own way. Yeah. And we just create suffering for ourselves because we want more, but we'll keep running the strategy that stuffs us up from having more. As an example, we want peace and abundance, but I'll keep drinking alcohol even though the next day I feel guilt and shame. Mm. So, and this is what I mean, it's, we can go to continuing to gain more success to apparently feel okay, yeah. or we can learn to ditch the things and drop and, and move on from the things that no longer serve us. Mm. For me, yeah. when it came to alcohol, I, I knew I needed to experience something that, that told me I was okay and it would never be a problem. Yeah. Like the public talk to 200 people, it was, if you don't drink from this day to this day, if you don't drink until Christmas Eve, that'll be enough for you to know that it's never going to be a problem again. And that was the experience for me that I had to conquer that to know that it would never be a problem again. I never wanted to go on a journey of for the next 60 years I was thinking and worrying about alcohol. That wasn't for me. I'd been told by doctors to go to AA meetings and different traditional lines of therapy for me. I was like, no, I, I would like to have a choice whether I do or don't drink. And if I choose not to drink again, I want that to be a choice. Mm. Uh, so that was the journey for me. Uh, tough as hell journey, like starting a business, like ending a relationship, like getting into a relationship. We open ourselves up to vulnerability. Yeah. I opened myself up to judgment. Some of my friends didn't understand it. Some of my friends gave me you know, crap for it. Some yeah. people were supportive. It was one of the most challenging journeys I've ever been on is changing my relationship with alcohol. Yeah, and everything you said there in terms of then balancing the opinions of others. How did you how did you overcome the opinions of others who were perhaps try not as supportive of your decisions to give up alcohol in that time, Tom? Yeah, learn to care about myself more than them. Love it. That's as simple as I can put it. Yeah, I I, I literally had a member this morning ask me that exact question in our community. Really? A member said, yeah. Yeah, they said, so Tom, how do you deal with the judgment of others, even though we're on a journey to discover ourselves? They said, Tom, how do you deal with the judgment of others? And I said, the fastest way from point A to point B is action. Uh, you put yourself in the realm to experience it more. You know, just like uh, I've got a nine-month-old baby girl, if I want her to be comfortable in the water, we've already got her swimming lessons. Yeah. You know, it's like, let's get out there. Let's do it. Hello. Often we think I'll need to remove the judgment so that everyone loves what I'm doing and then I'll commit to my journey, like business, relationship, alcohol reduction, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, so for me, the answer was learn to care more about your own opinion than others. I love that. Learn to care more about your own opinion than others. It's gold. And what an amazing gift that your little girl's going to learn from you. You know, they watch what we do, not what we say. That's it. That's it. I had a, uh, now that you had, <laughs> that's so funny that you brought that up. <laughs> One of the quotes that stuck with me back in 2014 that I've still got on my vision board downstairs, by the way, it's still yeah. down there, close your eyes. The, the, the quote said, close your eyes, imagine that you have a daughter. Imagine that your daughter is dating someone just like you. Did you smile? No? Change. And I've read that when I was drinking and gambling and not happy with who I was. It's so interesting because I read it and it had this emotional trigger in me. Yeah. It caused me a lot of pain. And I, I was really honest with myself and, and I said to myself, I, I'm not smiling. If my future daughter is dating someone like me at the time, but I read that quote now, Yeah. is your daughter dating someone like you? Look at my face. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting, isn't it, how the world works? Um, it's these moments in time where you take a look at yourself and you're honest with yourself and you think, 
You know, it's not beating yourself up, to be honest with yourself. If you wouldn't smile, you wouldn't smile. We let ourselves off the hook too many times, I think. <laughs> I love that. And even the simplicity of that. I mean, it's not simple, but the simplicity is, did you smile? Did you mm. smile at, you know, your daughter's future husband? Oh, I love mm. that. And I love that you're like, now, yes. <laughs> yeah, look, and awesome. if, you know, life is life when we're not the exception of anyone else. If my daughter is one day dating someone who's a drinking gambler, I'm not going to judge them, but I'm just saying if they're dating someone who is emotionally in tune and switched on and develop a relationship with decision-making and emotions, I'll have a bigger smile on my face. That's all yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> the smile's much bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still going to hug them all either way, but the smile's bigger. Yeah, I love it. Tell me about... Speaking of the smiles being bigger, so can, can you tell us a little bit about the community that you've created, Tom, and, and some of the gifts that you're really giving them as a result of this journey that you've taken? Mm. Well, what, what happened was in 2015, I joined a coaching college. I committed to uh, becoming a professional coach, speaker, facilitator, um, so I could have the professional skill set to help someone through their own journey of change, specifically in regards to quite often alcohol reduction. And uh, over the four years, I I was getting so much feedback that so many people want to change their relationship with alcohol, but they don't want to feel shame and guilt doing it. So over the past, over two years now, I've really been designing and specializing in our brand, which is called Drink Less, Feel Fresh. You know, we don't believe in abstinence. We believe in choice. We believe in developing a relationship with alcohol that you absolutely love and respect one that makes you feel proud and happy rather than one of dependence and need. And we built this Drink Less, Feel Fresh brand because I just, I don't see why anyone should feel guilty about changing their relationship with alcohol. Yeah. But traditionally speaking, I'm going to make a judgment here, but traditionally speaking, to change your relationship with alcohol automatically assumes that you have a problem with it. Yeah. And I, I, I'm very passionate. I do not like that at all, that you should feel guilty for wanting more from yourself. And that's the tribe that we create. We don't create a tribe of, you know, Drink Less, Feel Fresh community isn't a tribe of people that, oh, I'm really struggling with my alcohol intake and it's the worst thing ever. It's, hey, I might have alcohol as a problem, but that's not why I'm here. I'm here because I want more from myself. I want to get out of my own way. I want to develop amazing relationships. I want to learn the art of making effective decisions. I want to feel fantastic about me whether I drink or don't drink. And I say to all of my clients, I would rather you drink and be happy <laughs> yes. than not drink and hate yourself. And, and it's a different approach. I believe we are the world's first shame-free approach to alcohol reduction. Um, this is the approach. This is what I want to bring to the world. I think you should feel fantastic about wanting to create a relationship you love. And alcohol reduction is a byproduct of that. Mm. Notice like my own journey wasn't, it wasn't get out of your own way and then serve others. It was step up to the plate and notice your life becomes too good to run a stress reduction strategy like alcohol. Yes, that is so true. And I've never really connected with sort of my journey of alcohol reduction. What didn't work for me was when I was trying to give up alcohol because there was so much shame around it. I didn't Mm. give it up. But the Mm. moment that I stepped up, I I caught the vision of what I wanted for my life and who I wanted to be and the community I wanted to create. Alcohol just... The addiction to it went. I stopped focusing on it and it went. I focused on bigger, better things. And that sounds like that's exactly what you're creating, Tom. Yeah, that's exactly right. You, you work, 
I said the other day on a Facebook post, I said, if you want to, if you want to lower your alcohol intake, don't study alcohol. Don't no. study addiction. Study no. life of choice, abundance, decision-making. Increase the quality of your life and your stress reduction strategy will change. Clear example of that, I used to reduce stress by drinking alcohol. That was yeah. a low way to reduce stress. Now I reduce stress by playing golf, by taking my daughter for a walk. My, my life is filled with the things I love. I don't have time to be hungover. I don't have time to consume. If I've got time to consume copious amounts of alcohol, I'm missing the point. And that's not a judgment. That's my life and how I want to live. And our Drink Less, Feel Fresh members community is about a bunch of amazing individuals creating their own unique individual lifestyles and therefore creating unique relationships with alcohol. Some of sobriety, some of abstinence, some of alcohol reduction, some of two glasses a night, some of one glass on a Friday night, some of a bottle every week. It's, it's their own journey. You know, for me in 2014, no one said do five months. It was my journey of I want to do five months and then I'll create a relationship with alcohol, love and respect. Ah, I love it. And that is all about choice, all about choice and individuals. That's what I love about what you created. (laughs) Yeah, the the drink less, feel fresh um, vision is live with choice. That's it. My mission is to wake up every day and help someone else live with choice when it comes to alcohol. Uh, I, I, I feel like there's too much suffering around someone who's drinking alcohol through the lens of I need it, I can't help it, I don't know what else to do, I can't stop. It's, it's so painful and there is a solution out there. There's many solutions out there for you and that's, that's the message of Drink Less, Feel Fresh. Whether someone works with us or, or goes to a different company, I'm just happy that they're creating a relationship that they love. Yeah, I love it. And this might feed into that but tom what is the legacy that you want to leave on our world push your limits there's choice for everyone i never believed in my wildest dreams that after experiencing addiction and things that i experienced that i'd be living in my dream i'm just looking out the window here at the moment blue skies flowers (laughs) dream location uh, moving into our dream home next month beautiful family yeah, I just never thought it was possible and to know that it's possible now, you know, my mission is to be the leader to inspire others to experience the same version of their life of choice. Yeah, I love it. And you're definitely going to leave that legacy. That is, that is the leadership that you create for your community and I love seeing you in action and creating that and making about what other people want. You just help mm. them do that. Yeah, there's no boxed approach for someone which is, yeah, I'm really passionate about that message. I could talk for hours on it. There's no boxed approach for someone. Yeah. This is the term with, uh, I won't go into it too much, but I'm passionate. This is the term with traditionally when it comes to addiction. It's like, if anyone's listening right now, this is what we're often experiencing. Oh, I'm a big drinker. I know how to drink and drinking's good for me. And then there comes a time where like, we don't really want to drink that much. Mm-hmm. And apparently the only other place you can go is you've got a problem. So it's like, oh, I want to drink less. Oh, do you have a problem with it? It's like, wait, so I'm either a drinker and I just put up with it or I'm putting the box of I'm an addict? Really? Really? And that's what doctors are saying to me. It's like we so often look at the the symptom, not the cause. Doctors would look at me and say, oh, you're anxious because you drink too much. No one asked me, who am I? Are you happy with who you're being? No one did. And that's what we specialize at Drink Less, Feel Fresh. It's a personalized journey. Whether you're drinking every day or you're not drinking at all, you don't receive shame from us. Life's about feeling fantastic. It's not about what you do every day. Yeah, and it's about that feeling of feeling fantastic. That's That's great, I love it. (laughs) Tom, what has been your biggest transformation in your your life as a result of you creating this for yourself and your community? The biggest transformation for me is there's nothing that's not possible. Yeah. I used to live in the realms of what is possible 
and then answer that question with very low <laughs> standards. You know, what is possible? Maybe I could work my way to the top of the hospitality corporate ladder and maybe one day I'll own, like, it was just so like, maybe one day I'll, maybe one day I'll have a family. It was so like here. Yeah. Transformation now is like, what is the, what's not possible? Everything is possible. That's the transformation for me. It's hard to describe, but anything is possible. But choosing and having the choice to experience the reality that you want. Because we can get caught. When I got caught in the what's possible, I got caught in this very aggressive masculine energy of like, I'm going to get a lot of stuff. Yeah. Especially over the, I've been in this industry now for six years, especially over the past year, I've really dropped back into it's okay to not need everything. Yeah. And that's been a beautiful space to hang. Yeah, I love that, the stepping back. Um, love it, Tom. So we've got someone, potentially we've got someone who's sitting here that's, you know, they're really ready to take some sort of action but something's maybe holding them back a little bit. What advice would you give them right now, Tom, to move forward? Well, what advice would I give them? Uh, first one, I always like to say this, which is you've got to go all in on yourself. No one's going to do it for you. There's no one coming to save you. I know it's hard to hear, but no one's coming to give you a ladder, a, a stepping stone. It's your, it's your responsibility. What I'd love to share with you right now is that your responsibility isn't to know the answers. Your responsibility is to show up. Okay. Like myself and Lauren, we, we don't know the answers. Our responsibility is to show up to someone or a company or a support network that might be able to guide us to the answers. And that's the doorway of vulnerability is to ask someone for a hand or a tip or message Lauren and say, hey, do you have an idea? Or message me and just say, hey, Tom, I have no idea of the answer. This is what I've got. Just to show up. There are so many support networks, people, friends, family, professional support networks online, call centers you can call. There's so much how out there. Yeah. What's the problem? The problem is, are we willing to step into showing up? You can learn to show up just once. Maybe everything will change for you. Yes, that's showing up. And I can, I, I know it's worked for you, Tom, and I can absolutely back that 100%. The moment I decided to show up for me and ask for help, and that took incredible vulnerability. I wasn't one who asked for help. The moment I did that, the world opened. People want to help. People are there to help. Yeah. And that is an incredible gift. Yeah, very well said. Awesome advice. Awesome advice. Tom, how do we continue to follow you? <laughs> if you like what Drink Less, Feel Fresh is all about, if you appreciate a life of choice and abundance, um, simply jump on to drinklessfeelfresh.com. We have a, a heap of free videos on there. We've got free. We've got a free challenge on there. Every quarter we run a free Drink Less, Feel Fresh challenge. This is only for someone who potentially wants to change their relationship with alcohol to develop a relationship with alcohol they love and respect, whether it's um, drinking how much you're drinking or a life of abstinence or something in between, drinklessfeelfresh.com. Uh, and also follow our Facebook page, Drink Less, Feel Fresh, um, and you'll be well looked after. I love it. And I can absolutely say you will absolutely be looked after. Tom, thank you so much for coming on today. You know, in the six years that I have known you, I've absolutely seen you transform your life. I remember, you know, the day that that you met, you, you still bring that character, that laugh, that fun energy, and I'm so grateful to hear that you've created an amazing life out of it, not just for yourself, but your family and your community. So I'm so grateful that you showed up for you that day because it is having a massive impact on so many people. And thank oh. you for coming on today. Oh, thank you so much. I've loved being here with you. Thanks so much. Yeah, you're welcome. So that's a wrap, everyone, of our Real Talk for today. I'm so grateful that you got to meet Tom today and see what he's created for his life and his community. 
So like myself, like Tom, you know, lean into that vulnerability. Just say yes to you. If that's all you do today is say yes to you, the how will follow. I'm here, Tom's here. There's an amazing community of people who will support you. So thanks for watching and we'll be back on here again really soon.